term manners maketh the man i read it in a dan allen book years ago and it was filed in the back of my brain uh, i liked the way it sounded manners maketh the man and then there was a a show that came out i think it was the kingsman the king oh yeah um, my favorite quote from that movie yeah. oh, absolutely fantastic manners make it the man and i agree i absolutely agree it reminds me of a time when shortly after my divorce or during that time period where uh, i was working through the mechanisms of it all we were invited myself and and some work colleagues were invited to uh, the river club when it was still open and it was a friday and as you know the place was bumping on a friday oh yeah it was a definitely party town on a friday night you, you know um from about three o'clock onwards mm. in yeah, the yeah. afternoon you know it started at, i think straight off the work yeah so if you left at 12 one two three you, you in, straight into it yeah and i remember three ladies sitting at the adjacent table and i gotta go i walk past them because i gotta go to the toilet and coming back from the toilet the one grabs you by the hand now you have a choice pull away give her the stank eye and be on your way or stop and take advantage of the fact that they are inebriated and maybe this can become something or you can be charming and you can be respectful and i chose charming and respectful regardless of the lewd and lascivious uh remarks that they made <laughs> you know um because they were they were having fun but i didn't take advantage of the of the situation and i laughed and 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 the one was flirting and i played along and you know and i said uh, i'm i'm going to be very rude if i don't return to my table and i kissed her on her hand and i said thank you very much um you guys are have been very very kind please drive safe and and enjoy the rest of your afternoon and off we went and she came past when she left and she had written her number on a napkin she was sort of like call me but i know you know she she was in the moment she had, had a couple to drink and if i had to call her she would probably be beside herself with with uh, um with embarrassment re with remorse yes, yes. so <laughs> drinker's remorse yeah as soon as she walked out i i tore it up because i didn't want her number floating around the the bar and i threw it away and i'm reminded of manners make it the man the the concept of a gentleman is lost and even when people say he's a real gentleman i don't think they quite understand what that means i don't think they quite understand the kind of commitment a man must make towards that because a gentleman is just not someone who is accepting of everything a gentleman is also someone who confronts the ugly truths in the room whether it is about himself or others he absolutely must otherwise he cannot progress and become better he cannot develop himself and and those various rules that we that we engage in as we practice the gentlemanly way you have to observe them every day yeah 
you have to live the life of a gentleman. You can't just put the hat on when you walk out the door and say, okay, now I'm a gentleman. Mm. You should be a gentleman in every aspect of your life. Mm. Um, manners at home, the way you speak to your family, the way you speak to your partner, the way you speak to your work colleagues, the way you speak to the guy that, 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 that's trying to bum money from you at the, at the corner shop or wherever it is. You, you are a gentleman. Mm. You don't act like a gentleman. Exactly. And I think if you're acting like a gentleman, then it's an act and it's not true. So being a gentleman has a hell of a commitment. Mm. It, it's it's something that you need to be committed to. And be deliberate it, about. And, and be deliberate about. And, you know, dressing smart, looking smart, smelling nice, smiling when you need to smile, be firm and, and, and say no when you need to say no. Mm-hmm. Don't say maybe. Um, if it's if it's yes, it's yes. If it's no, it's no. There's no maybes. Yeah, maybe just means I'll I'll, I'll think of something else and, and then I'll let you know that it's a no. Mm. Just say no. It, you know, all of those things with respecting the respecting the role of a man. And I think the problem here is that the roles are becoming very. Uh, counterintuitive. We mm. we we second guess ourselves in any aspect. Even saying these things is kind of like, oh, I shouldn't say these things. Mm. But the thing is that we have to live. And you and I, we've spoken about this many times in many many conversations. Old school rules work for us, mm-hmm. um, and the old school word rules are always do what you say you're going to do. Mm. If you give your if you give a promise, keep it. Mm. If you are you you married you 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 said in front of all your friends in front of the minister in front of god you signed your name to it that you wouldn't do certain things don't do it mm-hmm. if you want out then say i want out and then go do those things but if you're in and you're committed then you stay and you do what you said you were going to do correct um i <laughs> was playing pinball i was probably 11 12 maybe 13 years old or you know, proper bakat. You know, playing mm. pinball in the corner shop with a with a packet of smokes, ten gold dollars, I think they were, <laughs> and, and and a box of matches on the pinball machine. I was just so damn cool. <laughs> and my mother came into the corner shop. But she never ever came into the corner shop. Um, and she saw me playing pinball, and she PK'd me from the back, mm. boom, in the back of the head. Mm. She took the cigarettes and matches, and she's like, "We will talk about this when you get home." She didn't want to create too much of a scene because mm. I, I had yelped a little bit when she whacked me. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. What what makes you think this is okay? And we had a long conversation and, and she had been a smoker when she was younger and she understood the health concerns. And this is now mid-early, mid-70s. Mid mm. So she understood that the, the, the health concerns, my aunt was a a nurse and she'd had to deal with some of the consequences of smoking and my mother had stopped smoking and my father was still smoking, but she was like, no, you can't do this. Mm. And besides you're 12 or whatever I was. And she made me promise. And I'm now f- turning 59 in a few, in a few days. And I have never smoked mm. cigarettes again after that day. Because I promised her I wouldn't, and it's weird because it's it's a very easy thing to break, and she's not around. Yeah. She's still alive, but she's not in my life too much. So whether I smoked or not, it wouldn't make any difference. Mm. But I promised, 
so I don't. So to me, that is what being a gentleman or being a man of honor is. And quite often we forget that these simple flippant things that we say, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, I'll do that. And you don't. Yeah. Each time you don't, you discount your value as a gentleman. And it happens so many times in so many aspects of our lives, in so many relationships we have, mutual relationships you and I have with other people, uh, friends, other friends outside these circles, business acquaintances. We have these relationships where people just don't have backbones. Yeah, They don't have any honor. They don't respect relationships. They don't. Uh, you know, there's no loyalty, um, and 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 they just break apart these these pillars of of life. The, yeah. And it's so difficult to be in relationships with people who have no self worth. And I think that having your your honor, your respect, your 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 loyalty, front and center on your lapel. Mm. is so much more important. And if you can't do that, then you can't be a gentleman. You mm. can't call yourself a gentleman. You shouldn't. You can go be whatever you want to be. But this gentleman thing is not for you. Mm. You need to be aware of what it means when you say, I'm a gentleman. Uh, and, and it's important. And I think, you know, we've we've often spoke about being extraordinary gentlemen. Yeah. And that's even harder. It is. Because it's that means you try harder. You you do more. You you're on the other side of gentlemen. Yeah. Even 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 deeper respect, deeper honor, deeper loyalty, and we need to live those things daily. Mm. Not when it suits you. Not when you feel ah, okay today I'll do it. No, it's life. Like I I say this 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 promise I made my mother forty five seven years ago, whatever it is. Mm. I still keep that promise. Yeah. Because I promised it's my mother, <laughs> you know. How do you not? It's also a word. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know? I mean, it's um, during the late eighties, uh, early nineties. There was a, a a a phrase that came out of um, um, hip hop culture. Word is bond, which was a, a sort of like a chickadee version of what the pro the true thing was which is my word is my bond yeah and maybe for a lot of people who word is, said word is bond it was just it was like you know what i mean as opposed to my word is my bond it was just a it was just to accentuate it just a just just to just an annotation uh in the conversation you know like a crutch but i truly believe that you know, I, I, I honestly believe that. And I didn't quite know to what extent I needed to believe it. Because it's easy for me to consider that my word is my bond when I say I'm going to do something, when I make a promise. But there are other times when I make a promise where the outcomes are not that great. It requires that an observance of consequence must be uh, considered. So if I say to somebody, don't do that again, I'm asking you nicely not to do that again. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. And the person who you're doing it to surely doesn't enjoy it. I will have to be the agent of righteous retribution if you don't listen. So don't do it again. You've made me say it. Hmm. 
my word is my bond. Yeah. The responsibility that lies with you in practicing that gentlemanly way is huge. It's not about wearing a waistcoat. It's a it's it's like I said earlier on, it's about being deliberate about everything that you do. It's about a sense of organization. It's about a plan for the day. It's about um uh, comfortable with the uncomfortable thoughts that you have in your head and being honest about it. Uh, it, it it's about refining yourself so that your responses are refined. It, it's a, it's about knowing about everything, a little bit about everything so that you can process the world more effectively. It's understanding the difference between the, the ideas of Malcolm Gladwell and Nietzsche. It's about understanding the historical and scientific concepts that change the world so that you can talk about it with some degree of, of confidence. It's about being relevant to the past, the present, and the future. That's really what a gentleman is because you can't be of consequence. You can't be a benefit to society if you just don't know. Yeah. Fuck all. I think the problem is that modern society has access to all the information, but they don't have any filters. Mm. They don't have any uh, con concept of understanding of what it means to have this knowledge in you. Mm. What do you do with this knowledge? How do you use this knowledge to your benefit or to the benefit of society, to the benefit of your family? And the thing is that every time you read something every time you you delve into a conversation with somebody that knows more about a subject than you do you are filling files and these files become sequential sometimes they out of order and you mm. can't understand it you may be given a file of fantastic information which is so fantastic you're like fuck this is amazing but I don't know what to do with it because you need context mm. and you context often comes with time. Context comes with understanding of something completely arbitrary that has nothing to do with this subject. But when you find out how to make the ritual of the, 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 the Japanese tea ritual, mm. the process of that, you go, Oh, wow. That actually would be perfect if I applied this that I knew that I learned 10 years, 12, 15 years ago, but I didn't understand how to use it. But now if I apply it with a similar ritual, it now makes sense. But you had the information, you didn't have the context. Mm. And I think having that context is what can make you a gentleman. Because as you travel through life, you're learning processes, you're learning the ability to converse you know conversations are so important i i listened to a, a, a podcast uh, last night i was sleeping with the enemy obviously listening to somebody else's podcast <laughs> um but they were talking about how there was a a 58 or 59 year old gentleman living in his mother's basement basically a recluse mm. he had never really had any friends he had never really done anything he was kind of just living in the basement 
doing his own thing. You know, the, 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 the mother owned the house. He had no expenses. She fed him. And this man, his, I think it's his nephew or somebody said like, my uncle got married. He, he's, doesn't leave the house he doesn't do and then he, he went to the uncle and he said listen uh, wh what did you do how did you get from you know scared of people to now you're married what what was the thing that dragged you out of this place and he said that um he joined toastmasters he'd hmm. read about it and he found and found there was one in the town around the corner from where they were and he joined toastmasters toastmasters forced him by his own choice, of course, so it's not really forced. It it allowed him yeah. to understand speech, presentation of speech, how to speak to people, how to be given a subject, research the subject, pre present the subject in a conversation and or a speech. And this gentleman went from basically a lock-in recluse mm. to married, having a fantastic life because he taught was taught how to speak that's brilliant because he didn't know how to speak to people so he had all of this knowledge and this wisdom in his head but he couldn't get it out so he was a, a very witty gentleman he had a great sense of humor his speeches were apparently phenomenal but he'd never been in a position to use it mm. and going to toastmasters taught this man the secrets of conversation how yeah. to build a speech how to have it in in there so he learned something in a situation that made him a better man. Did it make him a gentleman? I don't know. But it got him out of the fucking basement of his mother's house, mm. off his PlayStation or whatever games he was doing, if he was playing games. But the process is that with that knowledge and the knowledge of conversation is so important. Yes. And we're losing it. When, when, when you have a knee-jerk reaction to somebody bumping you in a bar or you have a knee-jerk reaction to crappy food in a restaurant or whatever you you need to be able to use your words in such a way mm. that they understand that you're not happy with the situation but you don't have to be a dick about it and there that go. part of that is being a gentleman in such a way that they will not do it again because they respect you as a gentleman, not because they fear you, mm. because you're going to beat the shit out of them or stab them or shoot them or whatever the fuck the, the threats are these days. They will, I don't want to offend this gentleman. Mm. They use the word gentleman, mm. not you. You know, this gentleman needs more respect. This gentleman needs more space. Yeah. So he commands the space by not having those knee-jerk reactions, by not being a dick in a situation where 99% of the world will act like a dick. I get the thing all the time from my wife and from my kids where they say I talk too much. But I find I learn so much more. And and the value that I extract out of that is that people get to know me and I build networks and I build new friendships uh, or new relationships, new working relationships. 90% of the time, those people that I speak to, I can still do business with a handshake. Whereas when I'm locked into the sort of uh, uh, litigious uh, contract um, way of doing business, uh, I can't trust the, anybody as far as I can throw them. Yeah, We're buying appliances and, and utensils. I went to go and see a guy last week um, about a boiling table. So I get there and 
he's like, okay, so so come to my place. I actually do movies and I do shoots of food. And when we're not using the, the utensils for like a couple of months, then we'll sell it off until we need to get it again. And then we'll just buy a new one um, because the budget allows for, for it in the shoot. But I don't want to have my warehouse standing full of um, equipment. Okay, so I get there and we're having a conversation, we're talking. So I'm telling him I'm I'm on this analog collection tip and I've got this. And he says, oh, okay, great. I've got an old Betamax tape that my family vacations on and I'd like to watch it. I said, oh, well, you borrow one of my machines. He's like, okay, cool. I'll come and get it. I tell you what, um, I wanted a thousand for this. Give me six. Uh, give me six fifty. You you can take it, and then I'll give you two of these cooler boxes. Okay. This evening, he he says to me, "I got a pan over here. It's a blue steel pan. They go for about fifteen hundred bucks. Give me four hundred bucks, and and you take it." But we had a conversation, and there was a mutual respect that came out of that, and I was able to do something for him that. He appreciated. He, he he now doesn't only appreciate what I did for him, but he understands me to be someone who is of my word, and I'm not going to lie to him about it. And I think he's he he's trying to help us out because he enjoys the interaction. Uh, and his words were, "It's rare that you meet people who are nice these days." That's a sad thing it to is say. Very sad, yeah. But that's exactly what I just said. Being a gentleman in a situation where everybody else is being a dick. Mm. And it's so easy to be a dick. Mm. But it takes just a second of your time, just a second of this guy's having a bad day. Let me not add to it. Let me try and diffuse it. Let me try and rise above, which is so difficult because people are just, it's too too quick, too easy, too flippant. Mm. And I think we need to be more attentive to that because we'll build better societies. I mean, you now have a relationship with a man who does food shoots. So if you need shots for your for your for your business and for marketing or whatever it is, you've got the end. You're sorted. Yeah. And it was purely because you initiated a conversation. He was talking about something. You proffered something, and he jumped at it, and you stood up and gave it to him mm. or let him use it. So that that is something that we, you know, it's like and most people just go, no, no, I've got mine. You leave me alone. I'm, you're not having it's any of mine. It's messed up. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's initially that's how you and I had started off our friendship. It's like, what do you got? I got this. Cool. I'll give you a tattoo for that. And then it became this almost 30-year friendship that we, that we had where – you know what goes on in my head. I don't have to tell you. And I know where your head is at. And if somebody says to me, Simon is, is like this, then I'll say, well, did you talk to him? Because that's not how he is to me. So what's the deal with you? And, and I'm certain that you, you know me well enough to be able to say, fuck, you wouldn't do that. That's not what Ray's all about. So, And it's so important because now we're talking about a sense of loyalty. Yeah. Which is which is one of those virtues that a gentleman must have. You have to be loyal. Yeah. So you have to be deliberate. You have to be loyal. You have to appreciate your family so much that you'd never want to embarrass them. Yeah. And that includes your partner. 
uh, above all else. You must be a, an educator and a teacher and willing to guide. And, and you must be a mentor. And you must know well enough that there are most times where you cannot wear suspenders and a belt at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to know that at least yeah. you know yeah. um and 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 myriad of other things that you also need to remember but mm. i think it, it starts off with that the basis of don't be a dick yeah one of the things that I've, I've i've uncovered recently and it's come across my my feed a few times which is interesting because it's come from different angles is the old saying um blood is thicker than water mm. The problem with that saying is that people think that the blood part is family mm. and water is not family. Mm. But the actual full sailing is, saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm. So what they're saying is the blood bond, mm. the friendship you have promised or mm. people you call brother uh, rather than your actual blood brother, mm. it's a bond of your word mm. versus the bond of the amniotic fluid yes so basically your friends should be more important than your and blood family, family. yeah it, it's confusing with using the word blood but your birth siblings or whatever you want to call it or your parents even mm. so you have chosen these people mm. to be your group which is the blood the bond of bond of blood versus the bond of the mm. the womb. And that's one of the things that I've realized we, as much as I love my, my, my sister and my mom, we have a very different relationship to the ones that I have with friends, especially mm. good friends. Mm. And that is the choice we all make because we all make mistakes in life and we don't get to escape from them with your family. Mm. But you can be good friends with people and who will judge you and they must judge you as long as they judge you with goodness in their heart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a critique than, yeah, it's than a, a judgment. Critique, yeah, exactly. But again, potato, potato. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we um, that the, the, you, the, the term covenant, you know, you have an accord with someone. Mm. You know, it's it, we're taking it back again to that. My word is my bond. Um, if you follow the etiquette of the gentleman, there's just no way that you're yeah. going to go wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and everything for me about it is, I mean, I I I must have spoken about this in a previous previous podcast where I spoke about when my dad helped me with my PTSD. There was a very specific way that that early hours of that morning when I got to his house. The observances that he that he practiced on that day, it was so deliberate. Because I came in, and the late Benny Latigan opened up the door, and I walked in, and and he said to my dad, "I brought him here. I didn't want to take him to his place. Um, he seems a little bit out of it." So my dad brings me in. My dad says, "I'm going to take your rifle." I said, okay, cool. He takes out the mag. He clears it. Takes it upstairs. He says, I'm going to leave your sidearm with you. And um, takes me to my old room. And I'm on the sleeper couch and I'm sleeping. I wake up three hours later. He's like, let's have some breakfast. 
my mom and, and, and my younger sister, they're out. Let's have some breakfast. He says, okay, I'm going to take your side home now. Okay. And then we now we're having a conversation where he's laying down the law. He says, okay, you were out there and you you needed to do what you needed to do. And you went past the point that you were supposed to go. So now you're here. But when you're here, then you are following the rules that I set. So this is what's going to happen. And I understood it. He meant it. It was his word. He said, if you do what I tell you to do, we'll get to the other side. And he taught me brewing techniques. We um, we read Keats and had discussions. Um, I stayed at my dad's house for two weeks, you know, just like sharpening my saw again because I I I had uh, I had invested so much time during that Operation Good Hope period and done so much, not slept, not eating properly, just you know, chasing the adrenaline for three or four months where at some point he needed to rein everything back in. But it was it was all done with that with that gentlemanly etiquette where we had discussions about what a salute meant and why and and what a proper handshake is and why the two bottom buttons on a on a cardigan is left open. Discussions that a dad should have with a son that makes him or sets him on the path to being a deliberate man. Mm. And I I cherish those moments because it was done in a time of trauma for me uh, and it carried me through. And today still, when I'm mentoring, I'm talking to other people, I use those same skill sets. I talk to them from those same positions because if you have a definitive ladder that will get you up to the top or you can throw it across the the crevasse and you can and you can crawl over it that's what these gentlemanly manners the the etiquette that's what it is it's a it's a road map to get to the other side and but i also think perhaps that in 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 the in the crisis situation that you came to in that point you had lived the warrior life to the extreme mm. and i think your dad's understanding of what that meant and by bringing you back almost to the mundane mm. like about buttons on a jersey mm. about you know the way to shave or the conversations about a specific thing to cook or to mm. to 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 do something else making your bed simple mm. things mm. you know bringing you back into the mundane brings you away from that that violence the warrior life mm. so that you can then almost decompress yeah um, when I was in, worked in a tattoo shop in Portugal for a couple of years, and in Lisbon, Portugal, there is a very large NATO military base. And it because it's the safest city in Europe, pretty much at that mm -hmm. point, uh, there was no threat of Czech attacks from anywhere. Obviously, uh, the, the Cold War was pretty much over. But because of the safety in that base, a lot of the military that were in a similar situation to you that had been burning their candle at both ends, um, especially British soldiers and American soldiers, mm. they were sent there for the last year or two of their 
of the rotation military life yeah so Amer- british guys you you do 20 years you retire full pension mm. guys have been in the army since they're 18 they're now 36 you know they they've done 18 years of war they've mm. been to the gulf they've been in afghanistan they've been all over the place the falklands whatever it was so they had been at war for 18 years they came to portugal and spent time there in a safe environment where they were taught to reassimilate back into civil society to understand that not everything has a gun at the other end where mm. so it taught retaught taught these people how to become engaged citizens mm. and uh, the luckily for me being a tattoo artist i managed to, to tattoo a hell of a lot of uh, military tattoos and understanding and and having conversations with people um one uh african-american gentleman who was uh i can't remember what he was but he was talking about being in nicaragua and how some shit went down when they raided someplace and there was a hand grenade so somebody dived on it to protect everybody else and his body armor took the blow and it was like wow that's so hectic is the guy right and he took off his shirt and it was him and he had almost like a perfect plate area that on his chest with no scars and around that was just masses of scars Mm. this man had dived on a hand grenade to protect his buddies yeah um and the the plate had saved his life but he was severely wounded because of it and he was now four or five years later he's still a soldier Mm. and he's now in, in 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 lisbon portugal trying to assimilate back into civil society getting all these tattoos and and he he asked for a few things and i was kind of like are you entitled to this tattoo Mm. and he was like what do you mean how do you even know and Mm. i'm like well you can't get it if you haven't done this this and this and he Mm. was like they told me you were the right guy for this project (laughs) and then he showed me his uh provenance for why he could get it and, and i was like cool i'll do that for you no stress which was very interesting but i think that the thing is that the the saying about it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war mm. is important because you need to be able to do both. You have to balance. You can't just be a warrior. You have mm. to have a life in the world. And mm. I think that's part of the thing about being a gentleman. Yes. A gentleman will hand out PKs if he needs to, but he doesn't have to mm. because quite often his presence is enough. Yeah. It, it, it's better <coughs> to have a, a strong understanding a strong sense of 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 um, an awareness of deconfliction um, when you are a gentleman, because that way you are in control of the outcome. When you when you engage in 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 violence, which is not the same as aberrant behavior, because I do believe there's righteous violence. Um, but when you engage in that, it's volatile, and you 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 can't control the outcome but when you're able to use your words and talk and speak and you can speak people down and reason with them that is absolutely a superpower to have yeah absolutely you know and i and i i try to learn the ways of that superpower every day more and more so um without threats there's a lot of making people aware of consequences. And the older I get, the better I get at it. But that is practicing that way. Mm. It's practicing that gentlemanly way. 
You know, I, I hear so many people say things like, oh, I, I don't want to get involved or um, I don't have an opinion on that or what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Are you living? Are you seeing? Are you are you being? Um, and and when you when you when you when you want to have an opinion on something, isn't it better to ask those who know? Or are you just going to fucking go into the internet and yeah. search it? And but then you have no context. You've got no fucking context. Yeah, exactly. You know that's the problem that we have yeah. uh, these days. I'm very happy to have. Um, live this gentlemanly way and, and, and to have encouraged um, others to do so. It's very hit and miss. <laughs> you know, it doesn't always stick. But I'm grateful for it because it, it's it's changed the way that I that I process and see the world. Now a lot of people say to my daughter, Your father's very intense <laughs> and then she says, No, he's not intense. He's just he says exactly how he feels. There's no ulterior motives. He wants you to know exactly what he thinks of you and how he feels. And it's his job to change your mind about him if he so wishes. But it's always going to be your job to try and change his mind about you. He's not going to judge you, but your actions will dictate what he thinks of you. I think we were talking about perception the other day, you know, how people perceive you and is it accurate and is it the way that you want them to to see you i think the easiest way to combat that is to follow the etiquette mm. you know i think it, it it will encourage us to be better men and not to be afraid of words like masculinity or uh, terms like i'm a man and she's a woman or um, we'd be able to navigate this fucking upside down world a lot easier yeah. if we if we stick to those to those rules. I must say that the, what's working for me at the moment is just taking a breath before I respond, mm. um, and trying not to respond with the learned behavior that was given to me by society, mm. and having a just a second, a beat, just to take a deep breath and go. Yeah, no, that's not going to go down well if I say the old ways. Mm. Um, but that's also part of being a gentleman, measuring your response. It is. Don't just spit it out. Think. It is. It is. Or just, you can still say what you feel after you've considered. You just don't have to say it in that knee-jerk emotional way that you would have said it previously. You can say, you can tell people to fuck off in such a way that they'll look forward to the trip, which is what, you know, the idea is that you yeah. want to be able to 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 de-escalate, but also still tell them to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. um, and also create an opportunity where you can have a conversation. Yeah. Why do you say that? Yeah. You know, I don't agree with it. I think it's, and people are afraid of saying that. They're afraid of saying stuff like, I don't agree with you. Because instead of saying, I don't agree with you, the words that come out of their mouth is, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, no, I, I disagree mm. with what you said. And this is why you're wrong is sort of like, you're wrong and you're talking shit. No, you're wrong is an absolute. Exactly. Whereas it's, a it's disagreement a closed, is a, a potential statement. conversation. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing that comes back is what makes you right. Yeah. Now we're not 
having a conversation. We're having an we're having yeah. an argument, and which it's, is it's just the way you phrase something. Yeah, saying it quickly, as you say, knee jerk reaction. Rather, just take a beat, take a second, formulate a response that will not create conflict. Mm. And I'm I'm working hard on that at the moment. Yeah, I think conflict is. It's well placed and needed. I won't know if somebody uh, is unhappy or doesn't like what I'm saying or whatever if there's no conflict. Um, and then the next thing that comes after that is confronting that issue or the topic. And in doing so, I think we work our shit out. Yeah. I don't think it's a it's a good thing for us to say, especially to 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 tell our kids that they should be unconfrontational. My mom used to say stuff like, uh, "Finance never solves anything," or "Arguments never solves anything." But that's the discourse. Mm. Uh, to have the the discourse is how we solve the problem. I don't agree with everything in society. I am untrusting of the government. They know this. I believe in gun rights. I think that there are two genders. I, I think that people who are struggling with sexual identity and with gender identity, they're going through real struggles. And I understand that they're going through real struggles, but I don't agree with some of the reasoning that they use for what they're doing. That's okay. It doesn't mean that I hate you. Mm. It doesn't mean that I can't have a conversation with you. It doesn't, I, I'm secure enough for another man to sit in a dress with pink lipstick on and for me to have a conversation with him. Mm. Just like I'm confident and, 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 and secure enough to sit with a Christian and have a discussion with him. As long as you don't try and convert me to the point where you're now trying to indoctrinate me. I don't want to be indoctrinated. I think the problem with we have with this at the moment is that if you don't agree with them, if you are not on the same page as them, you are the enemy. Mm. And and that can be the gender conversation, that can be the Christian, any of the religious conversations. Mm. If you are not on the same page as me, we are at war. But we're not. No, we're not. We're not. We shouldn't be. We should be able to have a conversation and agree to disagree. Mm. And it shouldn't have to be an argument. It can be a it can be a conversation. It can be a heated conversation. Mm. But it doesn't have to be done in anger. And that I think is the biggest thing we have at the moment is that if I don't agree with you, you hate me mm. or I hate you. No, I don't hate you. I don't know you. I dislike perhaps the shirt you're wearing mm. or the shoes you're wearing or something like it, but dislike is not the same as hate. No, it's not. I, I, I have this conversation many times and I always say, people tell me they love ice cream or they love chocolate. And I'm like, no, that's you, that's something you like. It's a strong word, love. Yeah, love and, is a strong oh, word. I hate licorice and I really do hate licorice, but that's <laughs> beside the point. The, 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 and that's the only thing that I ever hate. Uh. Um, but that's it is. It's like I always tell people I res reserve my higher emotions, which are love and hate. Mm. I reserve those for important things. And, you know, chocolate, sweets, type of music, mm. sunsets, I don't love those things. Mm. I like them. Mm. And that is the thing. We've diluted these words, love, like, um, 
love and hate. Um, they've lost their power. Where they've lost it. absolutely everything. People love Tuesday. Mm. The fuck can you love a day? <laughs> Next Tuesday might be fucking shite. How, so how is? How do you love it? No. Um, you know, it's kind of we 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 find the superficial bullshit to mm. love, but we can't even like the people around us, mm. and that is so. Oh, it irritates the fuck out of me. Maybe I'm just getting old. I, I suppose I am. <laughs> but that's kind of why I I often just smile and wave. I'm like the mm. penguins of Madagascar, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. just smile and wave, boys. Just smile and wave because I don't want to give you my opinion because you're going to hate me for it. Mm. And you don't hate me because I have a difference of opinion. You hate me because I don't agree with you. Mm. And I don't like that. And that's I think to me that is... Part of my gentlemanly process is I'd rather just not say anything. Mm. And I will chew it over in my head and I will go, if I say this, which I feel that I should, it will just create conflict and I don't need it. Yeah. So I'd rather just keep quiet, let people believe what they believe and move on because we can't convert everybody to our thesis. No, you can't. You, and again, we shouldn't because diversity is what makes the world a, a fantastic place. 